This is The Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to The Jason Jones Show. I am not your host, as you can already surmise. I am his producer, Mark Carey. Jason is traveling, but he did a fresh show for you today as he's continuing his pentathlon of podcasting. You don't want to miss this show today. Jason had a great conversation with Tenzin Sampho. It's entitled Free Tibet with Tenzin Sampho from the U.S. Tibet Committee, obviously talking about the many atrocities committed by the CCP. The Jason Jones Show is sponsored by, as usual, the Vulnerable People Project. You want to make sure you visit thegreatcampaign.org. Find out what Jason's been up to over the past few weeks and months. That's thegreatcampaign.org. Also, visit Movie to Movement. Jason is a filmmaker, and he's been making a lot of great films focused on human rights and protecting the vulnerable. Jason is also now on Getter. Visit at Jason Jones Show. You want to find him there as well. And, of course, a major sponsor to the show is Mike Lindell and the folks over at MyPillow. Visit MyPillow.com, and in the radio code, make sure you put in Jason Jones. So let's not wait on this Friday when the show is going up. This is The Jason Jones Show, entitled Free Tibet with Tenzin Sampho. Peace, everybody. Aloha, Tenzin Sampho. Welcome to The Jason Jones Show. Thank you so much, Jason. Well, I really appreciate you coming on to the show Uh, We are doing what we're calling the pentathlon of podcasting. We're doing a show every day during the Beijing Genocide Olympics brought to us by NBC. We're taking this opportunity, this scandal, to highlight a different crime against humanity by the CCP. And so you are with the the U.S. Tibet Committee. So I I wanted to have you on to educate me and uh, our, our audience on what the CCP is doing in Tibet. As you know, it was, uh, it was the free Tibet movement had a lot of support early on, but as the CCP grew in strength, that support has been muzzled. But Tibet is still not free, and we still need to fight for free Tibet. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the voice to see what is going on in occupied Tibet and educate the general public in the United States around the world. The situation is still very critical and getting worse. So I'll be happy to be on your show and uh, we'll check your, you know, we'll discuss the issues and uh, the problems that, uh, you know, CCP is uh, implant and carrying on in the last uh, six or something years um, in Tibet. Yeah, before we begin uh, on the on, on the uptick in abuse from the CCP, because they've they've they're they've become increasingly more belligerent at home and and abroad, and the captive nations are the ones that suffer the most. But you know, explain to us. A lot of people now um, they don't know Tibet is a free and it's an independent country, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, Tibet has been independent country for thousands of years. But there were sons that the, the Nepalese, the the, uh, the Mongols, and the Chinese, and uh, the British India, he invade, invaded part of Tibet. Um, on and on, Tibet has been independent country, but unfortunately, very isolated, uh, a sovereign country. And uh, because we did not have uh, much exposure to the international stage, 
before 1959, when the Chinese, you know, final assault took place, that there was a very few international community aware of what was going on. But if you look at the, all the history and the facts, not Chinese side, of course, it's always obscured and they are only, you know, created a history according to their wish and their agenda and their aim. And, uh, you know, denying all the facts and uh, you know, the histories and the reality of the Tibetan situation. So let me give you a brief account of um, what Tibet independent is. Tibet has been independent before the Chinese final assault in 1959, March 10th. Before that, we have a government, functioning government, it's a sovereign country. We have uh, our own um, armies, our own currencies, postal services. We have different language. We have different culture, religion, different territory. It's count as every nation in this world as a nation. And it's not just, you know, uh, try to be clean, but we will, you know, a sovereign country, and we had treaties with the Mongols, the Nepals, the Indians, uh, the and the you know, the British. So when the Chinese invaded, uh, well, it invaded first part in 1949 when the Chinese communists took over, you know, China, and then they invaded the eastern part of Tibet. It's called the uh, We Are. The Tibet is a huge country. It's a bigger than the two sides of Texas, uh, or three sides of Texas, or three, size, three times size of Texas, and two times bigger than France. So it's a huge land, physical land. But uh, there are very few um, populations. Um, around 1959, we're supposed to have uh, roughly six million Tibetans. Uh, it's mainly nomadic and agricultural so, you know, society. Uh, and the there's a huge uh, Tibetan population is devoted to Buddhism, and each family usually, you know, takes one of their son or daughter to make a nun or monk. So once you take the, you know, the Buddhist as a, you know, become a clergy or monk or nun, then you are not allowed to marry as a, by religious, you know, rules and the creed. So therefore, population is very, you know, small, and. Uh, <clears throat> When they invaded, uh, you know, Tibet, um, first part, you know, 1951, and then the the Chinese said, you know, we have to negotiate with the Tibetan government uh, in Lhasa, which is capital city of Tibet. It's closer to India and Nepal rather than Chinese side, but this is the capital, you know, there's a cradle of the Tibetan civilization and all the holy sites and all the government and all the Dalai Lamas up to 14 Dalai Lama, all located in the Hatha area. So when the China invaded, communist China invaded uh, in the 1950, he told the, the warning to the Tibetan government, do you want us to continue to forward, continue to on, you know, invade, or you want to have a negotiation? So the Tibetan government, very, very weak on the, defense and uh, because Tibetans Buddhism they don't believe in killing you know others and you had a and very they, small population I mean the population yes. today is around not even 4 million correct well they, at that time they're roughly about 6 million but I think now it's, you know 
China occupied almost 50, 57 years or 58 years. So I think the top population has been grown, not not 6 million, maybe it's now 9 or 10. Okay. But however, the Chinese never allowed to have a, how many Tibetan populations up to this now. They never revealed. And Tibet is also divided into five provinces. Uh, it's so-called the Tibetan Autonomous Region, so one-third of the Tibetan traditional area. But otherwise, you know, uh, we call the we Tibetan called the Songhan or Amdo, they made into a province, and then Sichuan, Gansu, Yunnan, and then the Tibetan Autonomous. So it's the Tibetan traditional, you know, territory was divided into five different provinces. And the Tibetan, you know, Plaza um, is in the central provincial capital in Plaza. So six million, now I think we were thinking a population growth everywhere, you know, even though there was a one-child policy, but Chinese, they allowed the Tibetans to have two or three, depending in different locations. But uh, we generally, you know, I think the Tibetan population has grown from six million to um, six million to now maybe, I'm, I'm guessing, nine or ten million. What, what, yeah. what percentage of that would be Chinese settlers? Well, the, when I was a kid, I uh, grew up in uh, India and uh, Tibet and, uh, you know, went to school. Uh, I think the, the Tibetan population is 95 or maybe 93.5, and there's maybe 4 or 5% or less uh, Chinese at this invasion. But the Chinese population surged in 2007 when the Chinese connected uh, Tibet with the uh, railroad from mainland China to Tibet. And now, uh, in the last probably since 2007 until 2011-12, Tibetan already became a minority in all the Tibetan territories, in nomadic areas and small, you know, cities around Tibet, including Lhasa, Shigatsu, Chamdo. These are the three biggest uh, cities in Tibet. So the Tibetans already are minority in all these uh, areas. Yeah. So they're a minority in every region of Tibet. They're now a minority. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so help me understand this. So in 1949, there was the first invasion, and it was just a few months separated from the invasion of East, East Turkestan. But then in 1959, uh, they asserted total control over Tibet? Yes. That's what I was saying. So 49, it started March, and 1950s, they took all about a half of the Tibetan you know, territory. And then they threatened to, you know, continue to invade. And then um, the Tibetan government didn't have much, you know, defense mechanisms or, you know, capabilities. They had to negotiate with China. And it's called a 17-point agreement, which was signed in 1951, May 23rd, under the jurist. They were forced to sign. And the Tibetan government actually didn't want to show their, uh, you know, government seal. And the Chinese said, no problem. We will, you know, make the seal. And they were personally, you know, have threatened physically if you not sign it. So they had to sign the so-called 17-point agreement. And they were supposed to have a genuine autonomous region in Tibet. But of course, uh, as the Chinese increased their population, the soldiers were marching from you know, three, four different directions. And then up to 
59, the situation was getting tense and inflation because there were so many population of Chinese army. So, you know, fluttering the, you know, cities in, you know, Chamdo, Plaza, and Chikati, the three, you know, biggest city. The inflation has gone up on the road and there was a lot of tension between the Chinese you know, soldiers and the Tibetan soldier. And then, anyway, 1959, the war broke and Dalai Lama had to escape and followed by more than 80,000 Tibetans, India, Nepal, and Bhutan. And uh, roughly 80,000 Tibetans killed in Lhasa, onslaught by the Chinese invasion in 1959. So every year... I'm sorry, how many Tibetans died? Roughly 80,000. Okay. So yeah. more than more so, than more than we lost in uh, the Vietnam War. Yes, definitely, definitely, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, Tibet is very isolated, and there was no not much, you know, communications, you know, radios and TV is unheard of, of course, in that district. But even regular telephone is, you know, there was only telegraph and some, you know messengers, but there's not information coming, and then the Chinese already controlled many parts of the Tibet. So, world did not know much about the Tibetan, you know, invasion by the Chinese and onslaught, unfortunately. No, and they don't know, but today with the internet, um, they don't know about the current abuses. Let's talk about the current abuses. Uh, one of the things that struck me on your website, and we'll have it in the show notes, uh, org is that 40% of all mineral resources claimed by China are found in Tibet. I wonder if you took East Turkestan and Tibet and put it together. That's definitely probably a majority of all mineral resources that the CCP claims. Very true. Very true. You know, East Turkestan and the Tibet and the Southern Mongolia is a, one of the biggest landmass in China. Actually, if you cut all the from the Heilongjiang and the Yunnan, and the 94% of the Chinese live in, in that area. In, the, in the southern Mongolia, Tibetan and Xinjiang, you can tell this is a different country, different culture, different government. Everything, you know, of course, with the, with the Chinese government didn't want to acknowledge that. But these lands are high in minerals, high in, you know, um, natural resources. And they are extracting from Xinjiang and the Tibet. And of course, they have been ruined the whole environment and the forests and the, you know the all the river sources in Asia. The Tibet is considered the, the water source of Asia, which you know provides over four billion people in Asia. And all all the tributaries, you know, the Mekongs and the Brahmaputra and Indus, all these major you know industries in uh, rivers. Actually, it started from Tibet and. So there's also water tension between India, Nepal, and the Pakistan because you know the, all these uh, rivers coming and the Chinese are diverting all these uh, rivers towards China. So not only just the mineral with the forest and then the you know, the water is also a huge problem in Asia. And so what I have to imagine going to after these rare earth minerals is probably a dirty business, right? And that's probably not too great for the water supply. Of course. Of course, it's to support the Chinese Communist Party, and you know they control it, and uh, they, you know, they, they you know, prop, profit from it. But the Tibetans, they don't get it, and Chinese were saying we have done so much, but in reality, 
if you look at the land mass and the resources and the, what they have done, the Tibetans, you know, lost 100,000 times what they have built, the road and the constructions and so-called development, which is only for their benefit, not for the Tibetans. So... And that's that's quite sorrowful. So tell us, what is it like like in Tibet? I, I read on your site that over six thousand monasteries have been destroyed. I mean, that is unbelievable. That is unimaginable. One point one point two million, roughly, uh, roughly, officially, one point two million Tibetans have been killed, starved, executed, and uh, you know, put in, you know, died in the disappeared or whatever under the Chinese regime. And the six thousand monasteries were destroyed since Chinese invaded Tibet. So that's around nineteen up to nineteen eighty, I would say, in, during that time, nineteen fifty nine to nineteen eighty. That was the time. But then, that you know, there was some kind of relaxation after the nineteen eighty because um, Deng Xiaoping, the Chinese, you know, paramount leader. He opened, uh, you know, China and also Tibet too. So the 1980s, there was some kind of relaxation on the, you know, practice of religion, you know, traditions. You can wear Tibetan traditions. You can, you know, worship, you know, some Buddhist ideologies. Even the Dalai Lama's pictures was also allowed to, you know, hang in Tibetan, you know, homes. But then 1987, 8, it's getting worse and worse. And then... Now, you cannot uh, hang uh, or possess the Dalai Lama's picture, or nor there's another guy called uh, Pentin Lama. He's the highest uh, Tibetan Lama uh, in Tibet. He was, I don't know whether you guys know, it's a Tibetan Buddhism. Is the, we are the only one, the Buddhists, we believe that uh, once person has died, you can be reincarnated. And we can relocate through religious, you know. Yeah, isn't that what the uh, Tibetan ritual. Book of the Dead is? It's a long chant to direct them towards reincarnation. Do I have that right? Yeah, there are, I mean, there are, there are, there are a lot of theories. Uh, you know, we can look at the science. Sometimes uh, these uh, prophecies left behind, you, I will be born in certain areas. But most, 80, 90% of the, actually the lamas or the Rinpoches, they call it the teacher of the, you know, Buddhism, the, each monastery of the, each temple or each sect will they find their own next reincarnation and usually they will be recognized by the time they are age of three, four, five, yeah. And then, you know, he will be trained by the, you know, the monastery of the different sects and then he will, you know, lead the role by the time he was 18 or 19. So that's the regular function. But anyway, uh, before the Dalai Lama's picture and Pinti Lama's picture was allowed to, you know, carry, but then nineteen, let's say nineteen um, eighty eighty seven eighty eight, no Dalai Lama's picture was not allowed to carry, and then Dalai Lama, you know, the Pinti Lama who was kidnapped by the China nineteen ninety five, his picture is also not allowed. So they now have a thick, thick, uh, Pinti Lama in Tibet, and the real one is kidnapped. His family, he was kidnapped, and the search group was also disappeared. So we do not know exactly. Even the United Nations, the human rights groups, and the different organizations, non-profit organizations, requested Chinese many, many times in the last 25 years. So this is unbelievable. So the um, the committee that to search for the reincarnated Dalai Lama, 
they were arrested. So anyone that yeah. participated in this, the Dalai Lama was yeah. arrested and his family was arrested. Not 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 Dalai Lama, Tenzin Lama, the second highest. Field. Oh, the second highest. Okay. Yeah, I think he, I think he was only six years old. I think when he was uh, kidnapped by the Chinese government. What year was he disappeared? So he, what year was he disappeared? He disappeared. What huh? year? What year? Do you know what 95, year? 95, I think. He was, I think, 95, yeah. So this is a, I mean, this is, um, so as the United States was negotiating permanent most favored nation status for China in the mid-90s, they were already waging a brutal war of, of repression in Tibet. Yeah. Shameless. It's shameless. Yeah, you know that the most favored nation status was uh during the Clinton administration, they said, well, there's not much point of having this, which is, I think, it's a mis- big mistake. We have, we have to reimpose the most, you know, favored nation status to Chinese criminal government. It's a slaughter, to, you know, millions of their own people, and then the, the Tibetans, the Uyghurs, and the Southern Mongolian people. So this is a criminal government. This is, we should not be, you know, negotiating. We should decouple with China. They have, you know, not only, you know, just for the ethnic, you know, community, but the Chinese themselves is under the, you know, control and the totally slaved by the Chinese government. Yeah, the first so victims, we, it would be fair to say, right, the first victims of the CCP are the Chinese themselves. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now, in the, I you remember know, in, the, in, the, in the 70s, in the late 70s, in the democracy wall movement, there were Chinese fighting for Tibet. Is there a free Tibet movement still in China, or was that completely destroyed? Well, I mean, the, the Tibetan, you know, as I was telling you earlier, Tibet territory was divided into five different provinces. It's heavily, heavily censored, and there are, you know, cameras and, uh, you know, devices. So you, all the internet is controlled, all the telephones tapped. And uh, facial recognition, so credit, social credit you know, in, implemented in Tibet. So it's absolutely controlled by the high tech and regular, you know, people. Old fashioned, you know, old fashioned tyranny, old fashioned, high tech yeah, tyranny and old fashioned tyranny. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, you know, but there are still 99% of the Tibetans in Tibet want independent, independent, not, you know, be part of China at any given time. And because the reason is, because the Chinese have been, you know, denying the Tibetans the religious freedom, tradition, language, uh, culture, music, I mean, you name it, everything Tibet, China want to be, go without, you know, as any trace. And they want to make a Tibetan as, as a Chinese, a Han Chinese, which is the majority of ethnicity, ethnic in, in China. So they want to, you know, make a Tibetans as a Chinese. And the Tibetan language is no use now. Uh, all the schools in, the, you know, uh, commercials or in the factories, companies, or any government level, of course, Chinese is the only official language. And uh, we are not teaching the Tibetan. When I was a kid, up to class three or four, they were teaching Tibetan. They were, of course, Chinese and, you know, other classes or taught in Chinese. But by the time you are class five, which is middle school and in the high school onwards, Tibetan languages become a second language. We only have a two, three, you know, classes in one week. Rest, uh, biology, history, 
political science, all are taught in Chinese, any language, any field. So it got worse in the last 35 years because the Chinese are coming in and the Tibetans are becoming a tinier, tinier group in their own, you know, country. So, so the Tibetans, the ultimate goal is, yeah, the ultimate goal is ethnic cleansing. Exactly, yeah. That's why I, I really feel that when the Mike Pompeo, he declared a genocide in Xinjiang, absolutely true. So it's not exaggerated. They have sterilizations, they have abortions, they have concentrated, you know, more than one or some say two million. And that's happened in Tibet too. You know, it's not what? not the same scale, but, you know, Tibet became a lab, laboratory for the, you know, East Turkestan's atrocities since 2016. So the uh, Chen Go, he is, uh, you know, the premier, you know, the Chinese handpicked guy. He was in Tibet. 2012 until 2016, and then he was appointed the, the head of the East Turkestan, you know, um, the region, and then that's what he implemented. So he experienced. So he's the and, uh, say his name again. So this is the director of basically genocide. Chen Chuanguo, Chen Chuanguo, yeah. Chen Chuanguo, and yeah. and his so he he um we saw this in Sudan. They would have they would move the same leaders from region to region, from Darfur to the Nuba Mountains, wherever they were ramping up their genocides. Yeah, that's going on. Now, and Chinese are encouraging the Tibetans to get married. You get, I think, $10,000 or 10,000, sorry, 10,000 yuan. You, you go to, you know, kids send to school for free. There are other benefits. I and mean, were, I saw advertisement in if Chinese. You, if Tibetan. you marry Han Chinese. Yeah. And you have to stay married, I think, five years or 10 years or something like that. And each, you know, produce a kit or something. There's, you know, some. some so, yeah. Could you imagine if the United States, if they, uh, oh my God. they had a policy, if you married a white guy, you married a white guy, you got ten thousand dollars. Yeah. How, how, be, how, uh, do, how do we? How does the mainstream media not cover this? How do you have to listen to the Jason sad, Jones show to hear? This because it is, you know, the advantage the CCP has is that its crimes are so unbelievable that even if you hear it once in this in this day and age, can you imagine that? In this day and age. No, it's it's I mean so we have been saying this for years. I've been seeing ever since I came out from Tibet. But you know, our voice is so little and then of course all the big corporates and all the, you know, the companies they are interested in economic they, they don't you know care whether they're, you know, human rights or whether they are, you know, living in the traditions or whatever. So in the last 30, 40, 30 years, 30 something years, ever since 1980, let's say, Chinese government benefited so much. We, actually the West and the United States is guilty of, you know, pumping up the Chinese government, all the benefits. You, Tangent. everything... Attention to that point. I have an article. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It should be out by the time the show drops. I have an article coming out. It should be out now, or if it's coming out soon. But uh, sure. I just sent it to my. I just sent it to the stream right before I came on the air with you, where I said, you know, what's become obvious to me: the Beijing Olympics, the Beijing Genocide Olympics, brought to us by NBC, made this clear to me that the CCP and the neoliberal globalist global elites. They're allies. There really is not a dime bit of difference 
they they are all partnering into the exploitation of the vulnerable. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's it's a sad that we should have a, not only you know diplomatic boycott. We should have boycott the whole this uh, genocide uh, game in right now going on. I've been wearing this uh, no Beijing Olympic twenty twenty you know too. I've been wearing this everywhere where I go, and I think a lot of people you know acknowledge this is this is too that we should have uh, you know stand much firmer with the you know communist Chinese regime. And not uh, you know provide all the economics and the technologies. We not only we we only made China as a world uh, you know factory. We provided uh, everything what they have financial the all the not only that we buy everything from them and they stole and we cheated and they violated every single you know copyright. You ever there has never been in the world history of the world that nation that the cheap the biggest cheap ever existed in the mankind is Chinese communist government. It's an international signed, criminal organization. One single word. You know, a, the Europeans and the you know the Americans and the, the North America. They, their technology they should be thanking for us what we have been for not a single word. Well not single word. No they're so an international terror terrorist organization, an international criminal organization. They steal from us. And they steal, and, and they steal from us, and then they tell our our elites, quote unquote elites. I don't like that word because they're not elite. They tell our privileged grifters that we will let you sell, we will open our markets to you if you look the other way when we rip Tibetan children away from their families, throw the Uyghur in concentration camps, and steal your technology. Just look the other way, and we'll make you rich. Right? That's the deal. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the thing. But then they will say we will provide this. But then they really don't. You know, we have so much. Ever since the W uh, World Trade Organization left China, which is again Clinton administration. I was in Seattle. I, I you know they, you know organized the biggest rally in Seattle. I think it was ninety two. I think ever since the the Chinese government was allowed to go to W World Trade Organization, they violated the more than any other members. We have so much problem with them. And, you know, they were just ignoring it. And that's what happened. And they, they will say, we'll not do this. And then they will live alone about two months or, you know, five, six months. They will do everything that we fear that you you will do it. So it's our, it's our government's fault that uh, we should have, you know, Waking up way before that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure. Even right now, we are waking up. Thank God, you know, 2020, uh, the world has become a little bit aware of the, you know, the Chinese invasion, Chinese atrocity, and the violation of every international norms, rules, and regulation, whatever you have. But still, uh, I think it's well. You have been doing this. Since at least 1992, you you just what what year did you move to the United no, States? No, I mean I, I I came out in mid eight early 80s. So in 80 since 1980s, I've been 86 seven. I've been you know involved with the uh, you know activism and uh, you know supporting the Tibetan freedoms and uh, you know and I'm so thankful this government that gave me home freedom and every single time when I see that American flag, I salute every single day. So this is the country that gave us, you know, 
give me the home, the freedom where I feel like I'm belonging to. And uh, I, you know, without any fear, that's why I speak up. I imagine that if I speak like this in China or Tibet or any, you know, occupied area, I'll be end up in prison. Not only me, my whole family and the friends and relatives, whatever, they'll be in you know trouble. Yeah, it's unimaginable. Like this podcast, the issues that we deal with uh, and many other countries, but the most definitely the CCP, just hosting the show or you just being a guest on the show would land us in prison and it would land people we love, people who we've talked to, touched, they would end up in prison. Just for this, po- just for what we're saying here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, in the most of the democratic, you know, countries, he may not agree, but government, but they will have a certain, you know, capacity to you can you know, publish books, you know, write opinions, you know, sing a song, you say peacefully. I understand, uh, you know, every government have a certain control of when it comes to violence. Tibetan is the least violent human being on earth. You re- you check the record. They are the least, and there is more than 150 Tibetans have self-immolated since 2009. Not a single Chinese was killed. Not a single Chinese car or building or property is damaged. They only want the Tibetan, you know, freedom and independence. How yet, in China, from the Han Chinese in China, is there a movement of reform yeah, for the abuse is, of t- the, the, Tibet? The, 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 the problem is the problem is not well. It's so much the Chinese government controls. They are obsessed with micromanagement of the Tibetan daily life, especially the ethnic, the Uyghurs and Tibetans, and then the Chinese themselves. They control everything, you know, high tech and surveillance. They, I heard uh, I read recently there were 60 million spy cameras everywhere in China. Can you imagine 60 million? So there's a, you know, recognition of your face, you know, facial recognition. So if you, you know, jaywalking, you get gone. If you buy some liquors, your, you know, point will be gone. If you say something or, you know, you littered or, um, you know, of course, if you say you know, things bad for the government, of course, you will be, <laughs> you're pointing with this. So when they have a, the highest, you know, a point is, I think that I heard about 800 something. But let's say by the time you are 60, you know, or 50, 500 or, you know, 400. So you can't go to other countries, you know, other um, areas. You can't buy, uh, you know, tickets. Uh, you will be denied go to, you know, living in the hotels. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go, you know, in the trains, airplanes. It's tightened. And so it's in um, Xinjiang and in uh, Xinjiang with East Turkestan and uh, Tibet. So, but the Tibetans and the Uyghurs, they have different systems. It's called, uh, there's uh, three categories. Instead of the points, they have a trust, uh, one kind of, I'm, I'm not sure it's really a trust or not. There are certain groups, they will be, you know, put with your ID card is, you know, linked with a trust. And another one is um, your average, which they have suspicious. And then there are one group called the, you know, untrustworthy. Those are the so-called the troublemakers or don't like. That's you so and me. When you, We're in that group. What yeah, group are we that, in? What's, okay, the yeah. What's the name of this group? It's the Uyghurs and Tibetans. That's it. That's what doing this. Do they, have, do they have a name for this category? I want to get T-shirts made with this name on it. 
untrustworthy in I guess social credit under the untrustworthy Untru- I have a, I have a yeah. t-shirt that says violates community standards I wear around town yes it is. <laughs> we have to we have to let, we have to let the world know this is the system yeah it is a terrifying so you know they can so computer can recognize whether it's a Tibetan face or ethnic face or Uyghurs, whatever and then the can hang so when you be, become an ethnic you know face computer recognized and you will be cornered within a minute you will be captured so this is this is the problem and the you know Tibetans were discriminated of course going to you know hotels staying hotels you know uh, airplanes and they were checked and a lot of them they would say you have to report to the police when you go to you know staying on the hotels you have to you know report to the police and not only that a lot of times un- unfortunately a lot of ethnic Chinese in China they were brainwashed not only the government rule but they are also targeted the ethnic Tibetans and Uyghurs and the Mongolians they they tip their you know hand in their own hand and discriminate the Tibetans whether you are checking in um, whether you are allowing to you know stay in a hotel so this is um, like the Jim Crow South on steroids yeah yes exactly exactly it's just going on you know this is going on in this in this day of age now how do you, do you, can you still communicate with your family in Tibet or is that all no, broken no, off? No, no. when did that when 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 um did it become impossible for you to communicate with well those? i have a i have a friend and you know my relatives still in tibet but i i haven't for years i didn't uh, you know i mean i even before i haven't been about you know many years even before i you know speak with them i have to be very careful not to talk about politics social religion you know current condition current affair anything like that there's no 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 you cannot talk they, they are terrified so i never talked anyway i don't want to you know put them into you know danger or risk so i hardly call them because i always you know i live, living in the under the communist regime i'm always aware of their you know scrutinies and wiretapping everything but now for years i haven't talked to them because they were too scared and so i don't have communication and a lot of the tibetans others too they only you know you they maybe talk uh, but even though so called you know not in danger or trustworthy whatever but you only talk regular how are you are you feeling well how's the weather very you know kind of a no any risk or you know as i mentioned that you can't talk religion you can't policy you can't talk about you know dalai uh, lama or anything independence of course if you actually if you talk about independence Tibetan independence it's worse than you you talking about the Dalai Lama Dalai Lama at least of course the Chinese don't like it you know he always considered criminal the Dalai click they call it but if you talk about the you know independence you are the worst enemy you can murder you can rape people in Tibet you not get a heavy sentence if you are you know independent uh, you know peaceful advocating for your you know your rights your human rights your you know religious rights your you know expression whatever you are if you in supporting that when invent that's it you get a 15 20 30 years imprisonment execution and lifetime bar and marked as a criminal people unbelievable so it's it's a, yeah it's it's a serious though it's a serious problem how, how- 
when you he- when you see this woke enthusiasm, I don't know, do you know what I mean by this woke enthusiasm no, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, happening in the United States and then our indifference to what's happening in Tibet and in China and in East Turkestan, how, how, do you, how do you process that? Well, the people, they don't understand. All the media, they are permeated by the Chinese communist propaganda and they are somehow, or either they are supported or they do not know what they are doing. Chinese propaganda machine is the biggest in the world. Now they have the power. They have, we have been, you know, giving the financial and, you know, economic, you know, power in the last 20, 30 years, supported the criminal regime. Now they are in Europe, they are in North America, they are in Australia, New Zealand, everywhere in Asia. And these medias, you know, they are so much, you know, far leftist or communist ideologies. They will, you know, attack everything. And But, but a lot of the ordinary people, they are not politically aware what is left and what is right, you know? So, yet, the Chinese are working hard. I don't know. You know, I'm glad that uh, some of the, you know, four years ago, some of the Chinese, uh, you know, media, so-called CCTV, you know, Chinese Global Trust, and there are a bunch of them, they were disguised. Sometimes the Chinese government provide money to a certain companies or, you know, individuals, and then they broadcast. So, you they can't say it's government, but they are working and they are even financed by the Chinese government. It's in the you know in the West, same as in the you know I don't know whether you know, but do you know there's an institution called the Confucius Institution? I, yes, I know about the, the Confucius Institution, okay. which is just it's a uh, it's it's actually part of their intelligence apparatus, right, to spy on students. Yes, it is in, intelligent and it's also brainwashing machine the West, uh, in the South, in Australia, in the United States, Canada, Europe, everywhere. They spend billions of dollars. They, they, their policies, there's no T's, three T's. You cannot talk about the T's. Three T's, do you know what the three T's are? Tibet, Tangamen, uh, and uh, Tibet, Tangamen, and what's the other one? There's the three T's. Uh, yeah, Tibet, Taiwan, and Tangamen. These are three. Tibet, Taiwan, and Tiananmen. You cannot talk about when you the you know in Con- Confucius institution. So all the textbooks and all the teachers are provided by the Chinese government, and each university or institutions, colleges, they were giving a huge money, millions of dollars, and then they set up their so-called you know they try to teach Chinese language or you know Ch- Chinese you know, tradition, but they are actually brainwashing the you know students. And, uh, you know, the academics influenced by the Chinese government. Now, after years, years, uh, there's a student for free Tibet. It's called with the development, which are the first ones who actually, you know, made alert of that about 15 years ago, I think. And only in the last five years or maybe less, the, you know, maybe, you know, some government or maybe some important, you know, people realize this is not really so-called, you know, language and tradition, but they are propaganda. So luckily, now it is exposed and a lot of the, you know, institutions in Australia, in Canada, United States, or in Europe, they are, you know, not allowed to teach and influence the, you know, population. There's a censorship now. I'm glad to hear. So these are the countries, uh, you know, Chinese propaganda, media, you know, these institutions, it's permeated. 
by the Chinese regime and you know same thing. And we we were not allowed to go there in China, you know, like the Google's or any of these, you know, media, they were kicked out. They were censored. They were not giving visas. You cannot raise human rights issues, religious issues, expression. Well, I mean, you. I'm sure you are so much aware of it. We were kicked out many, many years and very strictly. But you know, Chinese, uh, the spies and all these media working for the Chinese government, we allow them to do everything just like anybody else. So that's that's not fair, you know. And it's, and it's really upward. not fair to the Chinese, and it's not fair to the yeah. captive nations. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. You, you said it several times that we have to decouple from the CCP. Definitely, absolutely. You have to understand the Chinese character, not only the Chinese Communist Party, but who people support the Chinese regime. If you understand, the only thing you can, you know, stop their invasion or their influence or their taking over the world is confront them. You have to be tough. You have to de- decouple with them. That's way only he can, you know, stop. Other than that, you will be fooled day in and day out every second. We are not, you know, capable of stopping them unless you take the you know, strongest measurement. You just can't say we are only improving the Chinese, you know, population. That's not true. Yeah. Whatever the money we, you know, let them to make on the, you know, factories that we involve is supporting the Chinese government, the regime, the military, and the defense. And, the, you know, around the world, Chinese uh, military defense is increasing exponentially every year, every year. So it's a threat to the world's survival and, uh, you know, Asia, of course, and in the United States. So the China is a real threat. You, we, we have to wake the people up and tell them what it is. You cannot be shy about it. You have to be aware, you have to know the character, and you have to deal with it. You can't treat the Chinese just like, you know, normal human beings. They have never been like that. And it's a, it's a sick society. These are people the who, who were raised in the shadow of the Cultural Revolution, who were forced to submit themselves to the one-child policy. Can... Yeah. <clears throat> Going back to Tibetan culture, what was the impact? What does Tibetan Buddhism teach on abortion? And what was the impact of the one-child policy on, on the women of Tibet? There were a lot of Tibetan women. They were, you know, I think the one-child policy was implemented early 1980, 81, 82. And uh, Tibetans supposed to have two or three, depending on your location. But a lot of the Tibetans also had, you know, uh, when they gave more than two, three, you know, uh, of springs, they were, you know, they were forced abortion without telling, you know, thing what happened when you go to the, you know, doctors and they just say we have to operate. But then a lot of them were, you know, sterilized or took abortion. So that happened uh, in the uh, 80s and 90s. And the Tibetan, of course, uh, being a Buddhist, did. Uh, even do not, you know, believe in killing any insect or animal. Uh, it's a, it's very sad. Uh, you know, the Tibetans are very non-violent, and, but the Chinese are bullying. The, also, Tibetan mentalities, they always think that they will, you know, if you be submissive, they will be, you know, obedience to the Chinese government. They will, you know, prove you and they will, you know, give you slack. <laughs> That's the opposite. The more you are submissive, the more you slave, the more you obedient, 
they think that they can bully you and they you know, you will crush you. There's no, you know, normal civilization, normal society anywhere around the world. When the other people are smiling at you, you have to smile back. When the other people are nice to you, you have to, you know, be nice to them. It's a human nature. But the Chinese are not like that. The Chinese communists, their supporters, the more you try to be nice and submissive, they think they can bully you. And there's, there's no end. There's no end. Well, it's, you know, uh, Aristotle said that the regime forms your second nature. And so the CCP has formed the nature of generations of Chinese. Their nature has been formed. What, what does, what does Tibetan Buddhism teach about abortion? What was it? Like, what's it's, Uh, it's I'm Catholic. So of course, you know, you are not, not when the conception start, you cannot, you know, kill, you know, abortion, you cannot kill human being or not only human being, you cannot keep any life. So when the, you know, the conceptions take place, you are not allowed to have abortion. You cannot do that. So it's against their religion and their tradition, their belief. So, I mean, Tibetans, I am, there are a lot of Tibetans Buddhists, but there are also, many are not Buddhists, but they grow up in this society. So, Probably one of the safest, uh, you know, country around the world. You never see violent. I mean, the Tibetans are the most violent. I mean, I lived in the West now over thirty-five years or something. Yes. And I saw the Tibetan culture back in Tibet, and I saw that you know I observed from outside. It's one of the most peaceful, you know, societies in the world. I know that. That's a fact. And that's why China cannot accuse the Tibetans of terrorists. Because there's no any evidence. As I told you before, there's more than 150 Tibetans self-immolated, you know, self-burned. So when you decided to kill yourself, you can do anything, basically. But they didn't want to. They only, you know, burned themselves. And they want freedom. And they want independence. And they want the Dalai Lama to return back to Tibet. Not as a, you know, as a slave or controlled by China. As the Dalai Lama to be the leader of, you know, the Tibetan who, you know, who have been abused and saved by China. So they say, may the Dalai Lama return back to Tibet and the Tibet want freedom, which is independent Tibet. That's what we are seeing. So it started in 2009 and there's more than 150, I think last couple of you know, years ago, also, I don't remember, 2019 or 20 was the last time I forgot, but anyway, there are 150, over 150 million Tibetans died. So, yeah, we do not believe in the killing of any living beings. It's a, so you know, the, the, being so this, this, this control of reproduction was the worst and most brutal kind of cultural imperialism. Yes. Invaded. So right now, now you know that... Oh, yeah, I was... Are you, now the Chinese... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just kidding. I think you're going there. Now they're taking the, your children away from you after they're born, right? Yeah, and then now the Tibetans were, you know, not allowed to, you know, have their own language or culture or any practice. So a lot of Tibetans, by the time they are age of 9, 10, 11, they were sent to China because they are not proper universities. Even though, you know, you, they are, it's called the you know, University of Tibet, as I was there, uh, which is, you know, I think the substandard. And so when you want to get a good education, you have to go, or the Chinese government actually encouraged you to go to China, and the Tibetans were sent throughout China and uh, sinusized 
he make into Chinese language and you know and uh, that's what they are doing they were just that's what I'm saying that genocide is the correct word because these are the ones either you want to get married with Chinese uh, your language your tradition your belief everything is you know what want to Chinese make Chinese and then the young people you know age of you know eight nine ten eleven years old every one who wants to go to you know school, they automatically they will send to China or there's only way to get. And then even in, in the society, there was the Chinese are dominated. So it's a it's a cultural genocide. I mean, I mean, I may, they may not be going on the street and rounding up you know, millions of thousands of Tibetans, but it's systematically they are genocide in Tibet too. Of course, in Xinjiang with the East Turkestan. Yeah, they've learned how to do it. Um... Yeah in the age of the modern media, and they have to control and, the media. You know, now, yeah, they, they say that uh, now the China is uh, two, two child is allowed to born. Now three child is okay. Believe me, when the Chinese population is going down, they will force you to have uh, five children, maybe. I mean, that's possible. That's the type of No, government. that's exactly <laughs> what they I try to explain this to my leftist friends, that they're going to force you to have abortions today, and they're going to force you to have kids tomorrow. And exactly. they I forced them to I, have kids in the 60s and 70s, which yeah. led to the one-child policy. This is what statist countries do. Yep. Believe me, that you and me, we, we try to educate. That's exactly going to happen. <laughs> really, though. Why? It's really going to happen. When you see how well America, when we were free, I mean, it's weird how we're conforming with the social credit system and the cancel culture. I see cancel culture. Um, did like uh, the Cultural Revolution come to America? Did you were you were in Tibet uh, during the Cultural Revolution? How did the Cultural Revolution present itself in Tibet, and how did you experience that? Oh, it destroyed, uh, destroyed uh, every tradition, every religious, every way of life. Everything's old is bad. Everything you know related to the Tibetan you know ex- ex- government before is criminal. Uh, there were thousands of people um, put into prison, executed, many of us committed suicide. Can you imagine that every Tibetan knows somebody either died, executed, or in prison? Every Tibetan in, in Tibet. So that's how big the scale was. Can you imagine? And these all the people are, who are executed and committed suicide or put into prison, not these are, you know, criminals and thieves and murderers. They are people who believe in religion, they are believing, believe in the human rights, they believe in Tibetan independence. These are the, you know, people who have conscience and they, and there are thousands, thousands of people, you know, it's a, Tibet has become the largest, you know, for many years, largest, uh, you know, open, you know, air prison in around the world, at the roof, top of the roof, top of the world. Yeah, the, so the, the, the top of the world, China has turned the roof of the world into a slave pen. Yes, yes. It's it's not enclosed, but every Tibetan is terrified and they, they you know head is brain, brainwashed you know by the Chinese. But in, thank goodness, I think the Tibetan culture is by itself, and I always tell the Tibetans, even among the Tibetans, you know, because the Tibetans are resisting. What happens is that when the Chinese resist so much. People, of course, generally realize this is not their game, and they were 
targeting the Tibetans or the, any ethnic ethnicity. So that's why the resistance is still weighing strong, even all these tremendous, you know, measurements they took place, and they still cannot, you know, turn the Tibetans' mind and their heart towards China. Because the more you are oppressed, the resistance is that. That's exactly Mao said, you know, in his, during the, you know, communist ideas, wherever there's pressure, there's resistance. That's exactly happening. But now this is with the high tech and all the, you know, power of, you know, technology, they are not only coming outside, they are in, influencing in your, you know, TVs, on your rooms, on your bedrooms, you know, their cameras are everywhere, you know, they are controlling with the high tech device. And, you know, cultural revolution wiped out. And everything. And I don't know whether you are, are you familiar with this called uh, public struggle? I'm not. Public struggle? Yeah, public public struggle station. It's called, uh, uh, Tibetans would call it Tenzing. Oh, well, yeah, well, they, would, they, would, they would take an individual and, and, and berate them in front of the whole community? Yes, exactly. You would be, you know, you know, it's, it's an anti, you know, communist or anti Chinese, whatever government. And then you have to stand in front of the, you know, hundreds or thousands of people. You will be marked as anti, you know, communist or anti, and then they will be humiliated. You will be physically abused. And these people were either put into prison, they, they were labeled as a black hat. And then your whole life is, you cannot get, once you become a black hat, your whole, you're never going to get a you know, proper job. You never get a you know good position. Never pay. You know. I'm a, taking notes know, here. I am untrust. I'm an untrustworthy black hat. Worthy yeah. of yeah. Uh, a public. What do they call the public trial? I've never heard that expression. What do they call that again? It, uh, unworthy. Unworthy. You know. Unworthy. You know. People. Now, did you ever have to stand in a? Uh, were you ever brought to this public trial yourself personally? Or did you ever no, have my to be in the crowd? Many of my, I was too young because I was born up under the illegal occupation. So okay. I was, you know, kid. But of course, in school, we were brainwashed by the, you know, uh, political science, you know, political re-education is uh, every class. Probably by the time you are age of, you know, four, five, six, seven years onward, you have this political re-education. So you brainwashed. So when I came out, I was only a teenager. Uh, so I didn't have to go through the you know public struggle session, but many of the public I struggle. See times. that public struggle yeah. to me—that's what cancel culture is. It's it's yeah. America's high tech version of the public struggle, where we take somebody and we lynch them, and then they're really naughty. They're permanently kicked off of social media platforms for all eternity. And yeah, yeah, they have too much power to do. So we live in a free world, you know. You cannot be control our freedom of speech, whatever it might be. You know. Well, they try, right? Like they they deplatform yeah. people. And I had I a know. friend who was who was subjected to this public struggle, and she was a young, she was a teenager, and they she said that they brought her up there on stage in front of everybody, oh and, and they they would make fun of her, like when you were. Uh, six, you did this, and when you were twelve, you did that, and your mom and dad were like this, and your even your great grandpa, we knew him, he was that, and they just berated her in front of the humiliated, ex- in public, humiliated yeah. her in front of the entire community, and that's that's, that's exactly the Chinese truth. We learn from them. This is these are the these are the sources from Chinese source. So when we see cancel culture, we're seeing the CCP come to America. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Ay, yeah. ay, ay. But unfortunately, very few people know about that. But they, 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 don't, they do not know. And they, they think Chinese are oh, so nice, you know. Uh, I don't know. And the tourists go there and they think that, you know, all the Chinese are nice people. I'm sure there are a lot of nice people. But when you live there, when you, you know, experience under this uh, regime, then you know. Then you know. It's not on the surface. You go there, you just stay there one, two months or you know, a few weeks, whatever. You can't, you don't understand. You you will not understand, you know, even 1% of the, you know, Chinese Yeah, if you have an abusive you parent. You have to live there. Yeah, if you have an abusive parent and you have, and, and they have a bunch of children, and if any of the kids fights back for his siblings, then the dad beats them all. You do that enough, the kids speaking up for his siblings or trying to defend his siblings will be hated by his other siblings. They'll be trained yeah, to exactly. think that it's the sibling that stands up for them that's responsible for the beatings. You make dad yeah. beat us. You make dad abuse us. It's your fault. If you were just more compliant, dad wouldn't beat us. Absolutely. And, and so absolutely. The, the Chinese have become so fearful of the state that they comply. And they, they, they feel that if everyone complies, then we'll all be okay. And if yeah. you if you try to stand up, then you should deserve to be beaten because you're causing trouble for the rest of us. And, you know, the sad thing yeah. is Americans are acting that way now. I, I see yeah, Americans yeah. beginning to act that. But I think that the, the battle is on, tens in, and we're going to win. And so I want you to give us some action items. I, I think when the history books are written, the Beijing Genocide Olympics brought to you by NBC will be remembered as the beginning of the end of the CCP because these tyrannical regimes, Hitler's thousand-year Reich lasted you know, 12 and a half years. The, the Soviet Union didn't even last, what, 72 years? And um, how many years has it been now that the CCP has been there? You know, it's uh, 2040. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 1949. Well, he, he started the communists in 1923. Okay. But the communists took over 1949. So now it's what? 71 years or two years? Yeah. So we're, we're at that years, same yeah. point where we saw the, uh, the Soviet Union collapse. So yes, I, yes. I believe I, I, that it will fall out of the clear blue, but it's going to take a lot of effort to get to what seems like just fell. It's just not going to fall. It will fall on its, yeah. under its own weight because evil is a deprivation. But what can we do, um, all of us listening around the world, the show has listeners in, ev on every, in almost every country and on every continent, um, what – what should we do? Well, we have to be, you know, see the, and pay attention. Our freedom is, you know, diminishing. Uh, we have to understand what the Chinese government's operation is, how their intention is. So don't buy the Chinese product. Don't support the regime. You have to be aware. You just, every news media or people talk about it's just see it's normal. It's not normal. You have to understand where the threat is coming from. Our freedom and our liberty is you know, diminishing if you don't do that. So, and also, we have to call our you know, representatives in the senators, the congressmen, tell them that Chinese government is a threat, not to the Chinese people only, but is a threat for Asia and in the wider world. And United States especially have to be strong to encounter, if we don't stand, no other country will have the, you know, courage or the capability of standing up. And once Chinese, you know, took over, we, they will never have mercy on us. We will no. be begging for them. And that we don't want to do that. So 
start now doing some homework and you know you have to preserve our freedom and our liberty and our democracy and don't fooled by the chinese government and uh, you know their you know propaganda and you have to pay attention we giving you know not only me millions of people they say that but people a lot of you know listen to one year and then let other year let go it's not like that you have to pay attention it's a time otherwise we will be regretting so that's that's my you know message to the you know world yeah you said it in the united states you said it perfect the ccp yeah. will show us no mercy exactly and by us we mean our posterity because by the time the C, you know the ccp before we totally collapse before the CCP, it will it collapse. It, it, it will collapse, no doubt. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're we're going to keep pushing till they collapse. So yes, we have to make effort. Though. Are you it's on not any... going to collapse? But it, we have to make effort. Well, first of all, I want to let you know that you're welcome to come on the show anytime. If there's anything you ever want to talk about, um, you know, this show is your show. I founded the vulnerable. I founded um, the my organization, the Vulnerable People Project, with this idea that. You know, do you know what 550 cord is that, that they use in the army? It's string, uh, mm. several cords of string, and then they wrap it in a nylon, nylon sheath. And, and my thought when I found out my organization was if we took these vulnerable communities and we all worked together, the Uyghur, the Tibetans, the Nuba, the Christians in Iraq, the Yazidi, if we all worked together, we could actually be very strong. And that's, yes, exactly. that's the idea. All of the vulnerable, stateless, and religious minorities of all the captive nations, if we all pulled together, um, we're stronger than the most powerful country in the world. And, and if we don't do that, if we just like the you know 1949, the Outer Mongolia, the Uyghurs, and then the Tibetans, now the Hong Kong is gone, and now the Chinese are eyeing on the you know Taiwan, which is very you know highly. Uh, democratic, uh, free country. China has no any claim over Hong Kong whatsoever, though. So, and then when the Hong Kong is gone, and when the Taiwan is gone, the other, you know, the Filipinos and the, the all the islands, Japan, you know, Indonesia, Hawaii, Japan, Australia, New Korea, Zealand, Hawaii, Korea, Australia, all that's that's their their game. So we cannot let the Taiwan to be part of China. I am regret that uh, we were not able to save Hong Kong. Uh, but now China, Hong Kong is become another, you know, Chinese problem. So watch every day. I feel sad every day when I hear all the restrictions and the people are jailing, you know, Jimmy Lai or many of these people, you know, were bravely freaking out, you know, you know, they were jailed. It's a very sad, very sad. So we don't want uh, another Hong Kong, which in our lifetime we have experienced it. We have experienced That's what happened to the uh, Southern Mongolia, the Uyghurs and Tibetans. And then Hong Kong, and then you know Taiwan, and then you know, yeah, well, look, we're already Chinese seeing New Zealand and Australia sucked into the black hole that, that is the oh CCP. My God. Yes, exactly, exactly. You have Trudeau in so Canada behaving as if uh, he thinks he's Xi Jinping himself. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Well, I am so glad I had an opportunity uh, to have you on my show. I thank you for your work. Uh, it's a great sorrow, and you said it that we're culpable. We're all participating in the exploitation of these captive nations, and uh, so therefore we have a responsibility uh, because we are we are culpable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, 
allow me to, you know, say my, you know, experience or be the voice for the voiceless people, uh, you know, occupied, illegally occupied territory throughout, you know, Tibet, you know, we, East Turkestan and Southern Mongolia. We have to free these, uh, uh, you know, slave people and give them voice and freedom. That's what we need. And then prevent the China to take over, you know, the three worlds. Yeah, well, Tenzin, I thank you, and it's been 36 years since you've been an American, and yet you're still fighting uh, for your family and friends. I thank you for your fortitude, and um, we're right there with you. Uh, So you're welcome on my show anytime. Thank you, sir. God bless. Thank you, Jason. Bye-bye. What a privilege uh, to have Tenzin Shamfo on our program. I have the link to his organization in the show notes. Click there. Check it out. He said it. He, He said a lot. He said a lot. He, um, they will have no mercy. The CCP will have no mercy on your posterity. You must understand that, right? You, you do know that. And that it is the CCP or us. It is us or them. And, uh, you know, when the CCP collapses, the first people freed will be the Chinese. And as he talked about, we cannot let Taiwan fall you know, the sad thing is that China, the CCP, and I don't want to com- confuse the CCP with China because China will be here and the CCP will be gone, okay? But the CCP is not only committing ethnic cleansing uh, in, in Tibet, in, in East Turkestan. As he said, uh, with the Cultural Revolution, and I've made this point a lot on the show, the Cultural Revolution was cultural genocide. The CCP was enacting cultural genocide against the Chinese, their culture. He said it. Anything old was bad. All cultures, all religions, all traditions, that's radical progressive. They're they're radical progressives. And if you go and look at my article in the show notes, uh, if it's not there right when the show drops, it'll be in tomorrow's show, or I'll go go back and put it in there. But um, these radical progressives, uh, this is anything old is bad, Right? And uh, so we are going to continue. I am traveling to Washington, D.C. as I am seeking to uh, get visas and work, meet with some embassies to get landing rights uh, so we can hopefully start getting flights in and out of Afghanistan again. And so we can start getting out. We have large groups of vulnerable people, SFEs. There are still American citizens left in Afghanistan. We need to get out. Uh, So we're working to get landing rights. And then for those who are, have already been taken out of Afghanistan and are in neighboring countries. Temporarily, we need to work to permanently permanently resettle them. And most of them will not be resettled in the United States, but we're working to partner with other countries. So I will be in Washington, D.C. for the next couple of days. I'll be traveling to the West Coast next week. It is a busy month, but I am going to try to do my best to still have each a show each day, uh, even as I'm traveling to take advantage of these genocide Beijing Olympics. And, you know, they're so boring. These, these shows, such a dud. The, the Olympics are such a dud. No one cares. No one cares at all. It's the worst uh, propaganda attempt in the history of mankind. Um, I don't even want to talk about China anymore. But we have to keep talking about China. And, we are, as I said, we're going to keep talking about China until these Olympics are over. We're going to be highlighting the CCP and its crimes against humanity and there's so much happening around the world um it's just startling 
And the idea that we are becoming more like the CCP every day in the West is undeniable. And that's my article. So go check it out in the show notes. We are going to break the globalists. We are going to break the neoliberals. And we must. We must defeat the neoliberals at home to free those who are imprisoned by the CCP. You see how that is? We must decouple from the CCP to defeat the neoliberals at home. This is how it's going to work. When the CCP falls, the neoliberal tyranny that's settling on the Western world will collapse. And, um, you know, we get to be a part of that. I was talking to a friend today, and she was like, Jason, you know, our one friend did this, our one friend did that. And um, we were talking about James O'Keefe with his most recent uh, undercover video, his, his revelation, uh, this startling revelation about the plan to uh, rape the taxpayers by mandating a vaccine every year. We were just talking about, I was talking with his friend about how, how is it that it's just our friends? It's just a couple hundred people um, at the front that are really swinging that ax at the base of the neoliberal elite. But we have leaders like James O'Keefe and others and Steve Bannon, but all of us really need to put our oar in the water. Each of us can decouple our own economy. Today, I was looking for new sneakers, right? I was looking for new sneakers and I was Googling shoes made in America and I'm, I'm going to buy some New Balance. Now, these New Balance are not cheap. They're $190. But guess what happens? We, all of us, I can tell you, I've become this way. We have a throwaway culture. If you can buy shoes, uh, you know, at the box store for $27, are you going to take care of them? Are you going to treasure them? Uh, no. And, uh, and do they last long? No. There's, my grandma had an old saying, I'm too poor to be cheap. Well, these, these new balance I'm buying, $180. Those are expensive sneakers, but guess what? It is worth it not to have the blood of the Uyghur on it, right? And I need sneakers, okay? And they have a big Made in America logo. They had another one. You can go to the New Balance website. By the way, not a sponsor of the show. And you can get Made in England. And they, they, I have to admit that the Made in England tab looks, it looks pretty cool. I thought maybe I'll get the Made in England shoes. Ah, uh, $300. So we're going to go with the $190 Made in America shoes. And you're saying that's, that's expensive, Jason. Yeah, it is expensive. And I know, uh, you know, not everyone can do that. And if you have a kid with growing feet, you know, and he changes shoes every, uh, like my son, every three months, you're not going to get him a $190 pair of New Balance. Uh, but what we often do is we shop at Goodwill and you can get great shoes and uh, you're not giving money, you're not putting money into the, uh, if you really need Nikes, go to Goodwill. If you really want a pair of Nike, you know, go to garage sales, go to estate sales, grab a pair of uh, used Nike off the, uh, the card table right there. Give the guy 20 bucks. There you have it. You have your Nikes. But I sure as heck am not going to buy a new pair of Nike uh, ever uh, until uh, the CCP collapses. Um, so that's it. It's worth it, right? It's worth it. It's worth more money. By the way, Nikes aren't cheap. You know, and, and a Nike equivalent to the $190 pair of New Balance I'm buying would probably be, you know, $120, $130. And these New Balance are better than those $130, $120 Nikes, full, full stop. Um, but it's worth it. Uh, not to have the blood of Uyghur on my shoes. All right, enough of that rant. Um, this episode has been brought to you by Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell is having an epic betting sale. Epic. He's having a sale on pillows, but the sale on betting is epic. And you have to go to the website 
click on the Radio Listener Square, use the code Jones to see how great the discounts are, but they're incredible. Go check it out. Go surf around that site. And uh, this episode is also being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. And uh, I'm going to have some, we have been very busy. You know, our mission is to defend the vulnerable from violence, from the child in the womb to the child in Tibet that's being ripped away from his family by the CCP. Our big project since August 13th has been rescuing our Afghan friends, religious minorities, ethnic minorities from the Taliban. This week was an intense week. We had a lot of rescues. We were able to get a lot of people out of that country uh, that were facing uh, mortal danger. And we are also continuing to deliver uh, food all over the country to vulnerable communities. And if you want to be a part of it, well, I mean, if I were to tell you, I cannot, maybe when I have uh, John Zmirak on for the weekend wrap, wrap up or Stephen Harriet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through one of the rescues that happened in the past 36 hours. You wouldn't believe it, but you can be a part of all of this when you become a monthly donor to the Vulnerable People Project. So go to thegreatcampaign.org and donate there. All right, until next time, it's the Jason Jones Show. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Mm-hmm.